Hey, welcome to the Fullerton Free Podcast. I am Blake, and I'm joined here with my wife, Cassie, and we're both on staff, and we are doing this podcast just to reflect on this week's sermon and passage, and um, anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, so you guys, we have been going through the book of Ephesians as a church, which has been Mm -hmm. awesome. This past Sunday, we talked about Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and uh, just full of some really exciting stuff about kind of our life without Jesus and the depravity of being condemned in our sin. And then the reality that because of what God did, we are made alive to uh, be empowered and seated with Christ. So yeah. um, it was a really good reminder, very, very simple kind of gospel outline of, hey, this is what we are without Jesus. And because of what Jesus has done, here are right. the truths that we can now walk into. And as Darren said, this passage is kind of broken up into two parts, right? The first part, basically walking through who we are without Christ. And the second part, who we are with Christ. Right. And the first three, when we aren't with Christ, we are dead, we are captive, and we are condemned. Right. And then at verse four, uh, Darren even suggested if you uh, have a Bible to highlight, underline the beginning of verse four that says, but God, because that's a really huge transitional, but God, because uh, the next things that precede that is we are now made alive He's, we are saved from captivity and we're seated with Christ and, and given authority. And, and yeah. so, um, yeah, it, it's a great chunk of verses to understand who we are. In fact, um, my role here on staff, I've done a few different VBS or different camps over the summer. And we actually often use these 10 verses as a great kind of, even like a day camp understanding yeah. of, okay, day one, like we are condemned and captive and, you know, day two, but God, day three, here are the truths that we now have in Jesus. And, um, so I love these verses. I think right. they're a great gospel overview. Yeah. We stick to John three sixteen a lot to basically give the whole overseeing, uh, you know, overview of what Christ has done in our lives. But this is another great one. Yeah. Where, like, yeah. In some ways, at least for myself, I have to like remind myself that I need to hear this because even when Darren was going through it, I was like, yeah, I know all this, you know, right. but it's so good to have this as like a continual reminder that, um, who we are without Christ and who we are with Christ. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so the last thing that Darren kind of said, and just to kind of give you guys an overview of these 10 verses is, is kind of the, why, why this rescue plan, why this transition verse in in number four of, okay, but God, and hear the truths now in Jesus that we're made alive. And, And I think he said it really well that we see in these verses so that he can display himself to the world, you know, and it's, it's not just like, Oh great. Okay. Now I'm seated with Christ done. You know, it's like when the disciples try to figure out what they would gain from following Jesus, they're like, Oh, we're going to be famous. We're going to be, he's like, no, no, actually you're, you're called to serve and to literally take up your own cross. And that means things might not look easy, but uh, how rewarding to, to live your life in that way. Yeah. It's so easy for us to take the gospel and apply it so much about who we are, Mm. which is really important, obviously. But I think even when we were doing the overview, you just brought this up, but I totally forgot about the the last part. Mm. What is the point of this? It's not just that I get saved, but it's that other people get saved, that we can be an example 
And, um, yeah, I think it's cool that this, uh, scripture ends on the whole point of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we actually have two different guests uh, on, on today's podcast, and so we're excited to uh, talk to, to both of them. Our first guest is someone that if you have been watching our Sunday services stream online, you've probably seen this individual. Uh, her name is Christina Marandola, and she is our awesome worship leader, um, and we're blessed with a lot of her, her gifts every Sunday morning. Yeah. So uh, we're excited to hear from her. And, and so we're going to call her up live on air. So here we go, you guys. Wait for it. <laughs> wow. Suspense it's is really killing exciting. everyone, huh? Hey, Christina. Hello, Hello there. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're doing good. You are uh, you are live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I feel like I'm calling into a radio show or something. <laughs> it pretty much is just that way. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, Christina, you just led worship for uh, Closer Walk. How did that go? It was awesome. It was, you know, it's really fun participating in different services, even if people aren't in the room, but just knowing that people are gathering together in their homes or, you know, streaming and worshiping. And so it's cool to be a part of that. Um, that's great. Even though it's super weird, you know, cause it's an empty room practically, but yeah. 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 How is closer walk working right now without, um, you know, the meeting? Yeah. So they're, they're practically doing exactly what we're doing for our Sunday services. So they mm-hmm. have their meeting every Wednesday morning and, um, their leadership team has, done an amazing job at getting the stream ready to go and they just stream it. So they are still doing their service with music and teaching and prayer. Um, and it's all streamed. So people are tuning in over, over stream. Wow. That's so cool. Just for our listeners, Closer Walk is an every Wednesday meeting that meets at our church. That is for an older demographic. I don't know technically the age range, but um, it's a, it's an awesome time. They, yeah. they do worship and teaching. So that's every Wednesday. Yeah, and they're actually open for anyone to join them, which is really cool too. So anyone is welcome That's to That's great. I know I've join. been to only one, yeah. but it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. They're really welcoming. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> It's really yeah. cool. And there's oft, often usually snacks, which yeah. is also <laughs> always a highlight. Yeah. Uh, well, Christina, we would love to uh, hear a little bit about your story and how you came to be a part of the Fullerton Free staff and kind of what you do on staff. And yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So how I came to be a part of the staff um, honestly just feels like a lot of moving pieces in my life that God mm. was orchestrating. Um I was working at a different church up in LA for a few years and a couple of years. And, um, and just during that process, like had gotten connected to the staff at Fullerton free through some random things. Mm-hmm. I ended up like being a leader on a high school trip because, um, I, Kelsey Crow, who's also on staff and I went to college together and she mm-hmm. had been hired at Fullerton free and they needed an extra leader for a high school trip. And, wow. um, and I, at that point didn't have a job. So this was before I was working at that church in LA. So I went and just like was a leader and that was part of my call to mm-hmm. how I ended up in youth ministry even. So that's uh, kind of a long, there's a long story there, you know, but really just, it feels like the fingers of God moving in my life, mm-hmm. um, through kind of connecting me through this kind of web of events. And, yeah. uh, so long story short, I ended up, um, joining the staff team in the high school ministry at Fullerton Free and 
was serving there for uh, about three years until I um, changed positions into overseeing music. Um, and so that was in January of 2019. So I've been on staff for uh, about four and a half years now, and it's just been it's been an awesome ride. And um, so, yeah, even just as of recently, have switched a little bit more to um, even a different role where I'm, I'm looking over music and an area called response. So just all the ways that our church is facilitating ways that we're responding to God and remembering God. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been honestly just a wild ride, but really cool to see how God has moved in all of that just in my own personal life too. How cool. Yeah. I think I would say most people don't know this, that uh, you've shifted into that role and we've kind of opened it up from uh, our staff structure being, four main quadrants to now five, um, not a quad anymore. Right. What would that be called? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A Quint. A Quint. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but, um, it makes you think of the old Disney Channel original movie, Quint. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that, we're like a family had five babies at once. That's that's a, I don't really remember. <laughs> it's a distant memory. Uh, I'm sure it's on Disney Plus. We could probably find it. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. But what does your role now look like in that position? I know that transition happened basically right as the coronavirus was spiking up, but um, unpack that a little bit. Yeah, so it did happen right as that was happening. So there's even still a lot of kind of you know, figuring out in some of that because everything I feel like looks different in this season, you know, but, um, yeah. So response is a category of ministry that, that the way that our, you know, ministry is structured, it it houses, if you will, prayer and sound and music and an area called remembrance and gatherings. And, um, yeah, just, just, kind of like I had said before, it kind of holds all these things that are thinking about ways that as a church, we are moving towards responding to God. So, um, yeah, that's new for me, you know, like before. So when I was just serving in the position in music, I was in the response quad. Mm -hmm. So I got to see, you know, like what it looks like, like Blake, you know, Blake was in that quad too. Um, so yeah, so now I'm just, you know, learning what it means to, um, think about these things in a broader sense. And yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. I, it's cool because I feel like my heart kind of pitter patters towards these things anyways. Um, so, so it's exciting and fun to explore them, but yeah. How cool. That's awesome. Well, we also would kind of love to hear, uh, kind of two things. One, how has worship looked like for you individually just in this really unique season um, with obviously us live streaming and, and all that? And then also, obviously, a lot of people listening and that have seen you on Sunday mornings leading worship, that's that's your, your job and, and your role as a shepherd. But uh, I'd love to know kind of the, the both and, like you personally, like how is your day-to-day kind of spiritual community, et cetera, been? And then also, what is that like to be on staff and, and how, how have your Sundays been different and, and yet maybe some of the times the same? Like, how has all that been for you? Yeah, well, personally, it's, you know, I'm sure lots of people can relate to this, but it just feels like kind of an, a constant up and down, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I would say this would be true for how I feel in my spiritual life, but also just in 
like the daily living. Like some days mm. I feel really motivated and close to God and really inspired by something I read or, you know, uh, connected. And then other days I just feel really like unmotivated sure. and yeah. down and just like confused or disoriented is probably the best word for that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I think I'm, I'm, trying to like process through that, but also like I'm trying to learn to give myself grace in that process. Cause I think just by nature, I tend to be a person who like always wants to be like doing the right thing or doing like what feels like the best thing or like in a good place, you know, yeah. and like learning to accept the fact that there are days and times where we just, you know, are feeling down or struggling or feeling distant from God or whatever it is. And that that's okay because like we're human and mm. we experience all these things in life and God's position towards us never changes. And our position towards him actually never changes either because we're secure in Christ. And so like, I'm, I feel like that's kind of a life thing for me that I'm right. learning, but it, it's mm. like accentuated in the season because it's just like, it feels like a, a daily up and down. Like, you know, one day is great. The next day is like, eh, and then the yeah. next day is great yeah. again, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of personally, um, what it's been like for me. And then as far as like our corporate worship times, yeah, it's, it's been so interesting. You know, I, I think when we first started streaming, I was feeling, I actually was, um, I was feeling like excited feels like the wrong word because obviously like I would never want us to not be worshiping sure. in the same room right. together. Right. <laughs> but like what I mean by that is that I, I, I felt inspired maybe mm. at the idea of our worship being beyond like our physical togetherness mm-hmm. right. and knowing that like we were separated by space, but united in spirit was actually a really powerful thing for me to think about. So like, you know, being in the room on Sunday in the worship center um, with the team who's serving, that's a, a super small team and that's a huge room. So it's like massively empty in there. Um, and, and it's weird. Like it is, it, it does feel weird to just be playing and singing to an empty room, but like also like there's this other dynamic. I feel like, you know, people maybe who are leading or leading worship or teaching um, might connect with this, but there's kind of this like interplay. I feel like that goes on with yourself when you're leading where you're like aware of your surroundings and yet like trying to be connected to God. Hmm. And so like, I felt like my connection to God is not disrupted by, you know, a physical thing is like a really inspiring thing. And I don't Hmm. mean that as like, because like I'm holy or anything. I just mean that as a fact about our Christian life, like, you know, so like, so kind of processing some of those things have been really cool, but also it is, it is sad. Like, I feel like I'm getting to the point now, especially going through Easter and like our good Friday service over stream. It was, mm. it was weird doing those without like people in the room mm. and, yeah. and feeling that like sense of community and togetherness right. um, in that like physical way was definitely weird. So I'm in this place now where I just, I really miss like seeing people on Sundays. And I know that I have like a unique and and rare experience and honestly, like a blessed experience that I get to go on Sundays still and participate in, you know, I get to sit there and listen um, to Darren while he's teaching, not over stream. Um, But it's not the same, you know, like Mm. it's, it's not the same without people there. Um, So yeah, it's, it's an interesting Mm. 
definitely an interesting thing. You know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And it's just a visual reminder every time I walk in there and sit in that service on Sunday of just the reality of what's going on. But again, like a really beautiful spiritual reminder about the nearness of God to us and our right. spiritual unity and to know that people are joining in the services at the time that they're happening and like united in spirit in that way too. It's really powerful. So, yeah, it's such an interesting season for everyone, but like, it seems like it's a growing experience. Um, either it's going to be, it's really difficult and it's, we, we just miss being together or it's making us rely on dedication. It's making us rely on, uh, just getting up each morning and, dedicating ourselves to, you know, worshiping God and showing up on Sundays, even though we're just logging in. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's inspiring and how difficult it is. I think every challenge has some inspiration to it. And this is the same scenario. Yeah. I, I think even what you shared, Christina, I, I loved your transparency of like every day is different and it's like such a roller coaster. And I'm reminded so much when you shared of, of just like many of the Psalms written by David of like how it seems almost like he's on this roller coaster, but it's like many of those Psalms are written while he was in isolation yeah. and like trying to figure out faith amidst that. Uh, obviously he had totally different issues going on, but I think about that too, because there's moments where he's just like lamenting and so like, this is hard and this mm-hmm. is awful and scary. And there's other times that he's just like praising God and is like so on fire. And I feel like that just articulates this season of faith right now while being isolated and life looking different, but still able to see good and, and sometimes the, the rough places too. Yeah, totally. I love that. And I feel like that pattern, like David's pattern in the Psalms have always been an encouragement to me because he's so honest and he's so like, he's so, he like is really feeling what he's feeling Mm-hmm. And at the end of like all those, he turns his attention back to God, you know, yeah. and like he calls himself back to look at who God is. And I feel like that's such a good like pattern, you know, like to not neglect the reality of what we're experiencing and what we're feeling and even like the frustration or the difficulty. But then but then to like look to God and to remember who he is in the midst of it and mm-hmm. to hold on to that truth, you know, that that's what sustains us and carries us through the hard times. So, totally. yeah. 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 Well, our last question we would love to, to hear your thoughts on, uh, is in regards to our Ephesians series and specifically Ephesians two, one through 10, uh, from this past Sunday, obviously you have a very unique, uh, vantage point cause you are literally in the room, um, hearing the message, which is cool. Um, but we'd love to hear from you and was there anything that really stuck out to you? Any kind of takeaway, maybe a specific verse or, or thought from a verse, um, that came up this Sunday? Yeah. Well, there are two things. One is kind of just a silly thing, but I feel yeah. like I'm the type of person who I feel like I geek out when I see like, uh, like literary cohesion in the Bible. Mm. It just like, it really mm. inspires me. Yeah. And, um, when Darren was talking about, uh, you know, the three things that we were before Christ and the three things that we are in Christ. So I'm trying to see if I can find them here, you know, dead in trespasses and sins and captivity and then condemned. But then he transitioned to talk about how the passage lays out, how we are, uh, you know, made alive in Christ and we are empowered in Christ and how each one of those three things had like an an anti-statement, you know, like we were this, but then God like made us in this new way that, that like, 
I don't know why that just like always inspires me when I see that. I think it just like, it like makes me appreciate the artistry and God's word too, you know? Um, but actually like, I think probably the biggest thing for me is that I was like impacted at remembering that before Christ, we were dead. And when Darren was talking about how, you know, Christianity, our faith in Christ isn't about like, um, like bettering ourselves or behavior modification or Hmm. something like that. But it's literally about the reality that we were dead and then made alive. Um, Obviously that's like a huge foundational point of our faith, but I feel like over time for me, it's so easy to slip back into thinking about like behavior modification and like Mm -hmm. personal transformation and not the reality that I once was dead and now I'm alive in Christ. Right. And so I think that that was probably like the biggest thing that struck me was almost like kind of a, like a bell heralding me back to like this really important truth about our faith and reminding me of just that, that beautiful reality about what it means to be made new in Christ. And, uh, and that's where like our focus is, you know, and that God's the one who transforms us over time. But the reality is that I once was dead Hmm. and now I'm alive. And that's, I don't, it's really powerful and, uh, yeah, impactful for me. So such a good reminder. Yeah. I love that. That's so helpful to, to recognize the, we try to overcomplicate things sometimes when it's, 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 um, it's a hard thing to swallow, but it's a simple fact that we were dead. And now like, because of what Jesus has done, like we can be claimed alive and given authority and there's beauty in that. So I love that. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time out of your busy day to, to chat with us. It's been fun to hear from you and just to hear your voice. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. This yeah, is super fun. Absolutely. Yay. Well, have a great day and yeah. uh, we'll see you on Sunday, but you won't see us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll be watching you. <laughs> I'll see you in spirit. <laughs> exactly. Words, but you know what I mean? I'll know we'll be together in yeah. spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks All right. you guys. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. See ya. Oops, I hung up on her. Oh my goodness, right she's going to listen, Blake, and no. <laughs> oh no. I have that tendency, hanging up just a little a too, soon. too soon. You guys, I can testify, he has done that. Even to his parents, they might call, and they'll, he'll, they'll be, okay, bye, we love, and then and it's never boom, on purpose. he hangs up. <laughs> I just have a bad internal clock. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, you guys, we'd like to hear from one more person from our staff. Um, his name is Joel Elwood. He's a great guy. And we're about to hear from him. Once again, we're calling live on air. Well, hello. Hi, Joel. Hey there, Joel. Hi, guys. We're laughing because there? we called Joel earlier and then uh, our recorder died halfway through. So we were going to pretend like this was fresh, but we have to be honest with you guys. We, I gotta explain we already, why we're laughing. We have already <laughs> talked to Joel. <laughs> That's true. I can't get those life-changing words back. No, I know. It's okay. It was just for us three. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for talking to us once again. Part two. And uh, yes, we we just want to run through a few questions with you. Yeah. Our first question is just, uh, we'd love our listeners to know a little bit more about you and your family and and kind of what brought you to Fullerton Free um, in the first place and what do you do on staff, how long have you been on staff, et cetera. Tell us about that. Uh, Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I I started at the church about uh, 
whatever. So, sorry, did you say thirteen? And um, wanted to oh, so Wait. we thought we were going to be here for three years and then go home. And oh uh, that first February, it was eighty degrees, and we were at the beach. And we said, looked at each other, and just kind of said, "I think we're going to be here a little longer than three years." So, <laughs> um, so uh, that God just kind of worked. I started in youth ministry here uh, as a lead and went with a class for five years, and then wow. when that finished, became the junior high pastor and did that for five years, wow. and then um, and then God kind of led me into a role here as an uh, associate executive pastor. So I kind of moved out of junior high ministry into like the world of budgets and mm. buildings and mm. finance and HR and all that sort of stuff. And uh, and then as Darren has come along and Jeff, um, that role has transitioned now to what's called Shepherd of Frontier Ministries. And so that is uh, oversight of all of our ministries that are outward facing and kind of mm. future minded. So all the local uh, stuff that we do, all the global stuff that we do, um, uh, compassion stuff. Uh, and then also within that's just a whole bunch of fun kind of special projects. And I get to oversee building renovations and things like that. So it's been uh, it's been quite a ride. That's, that's great. So cool. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people even know or I don't know if I even realize that you did junior high ministry for 10 years. That's, that's a long time to be hanging out with junior hires. That's yeah. uh, I'm, I'm impressed. That's takes patience. Yeah. Some of that, some of that was high school. So it was okay. six years of junior high and four years of high school ministry, but oh, gotcha. still it's a, it's a long time with yeah. uh, a 12, 13, 14 year old. Yeah. So. No kidding. Well done. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think is fun for, for people to know, um, obviously your role right now is, is really vast in a lot of the ways that you oversee things and uh, faci- facilities and outside ministry. But one thing that it sounds like you really love is the, the building. And I know based on the fact that I own a Joel Elwood cutting board, but maybe you should tell our listeners a little bit about your woodworking and how long you've been doing that and kind of what that looks like for you. Yeah, I've always... Uh, I've always loved working with my hands. And so in pastoral ministry, there's not a lot of working with your hands. Right. And, um, and yet it's been a way that I've sensed uh, closeness to God, just kind of a place for me to go and um, think and process and pray as I work. And, uh, you know, one thing's kind of led to another. And I've been, uh, I, I did construction as a high school student and into my college years, I worked for a construction company and a tiling company and a painting company. So I'm familiar with the trades. Hmm. And um, so God's just been able to use that uh, here at the church in some fun different ways with the family room remodel and the A and B remodel and now the worship center and, and the well. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, seven or so years ago, we bought a house that was just a complete need of fixing up. And so I started doing projects around the house and eventually that led to me building some furniture and then, uh, found that I just had a passion for, uh, for woodworking and particular furniture creation. And so, um, so I started taking some jobs and clients and then before I knew it, that thing just took off. And so the last three or four years I've been, uh, on the side, just building commissioned furniture pieces for folks. And, um, and so every, every Christmas, typically I take all the scraps that I have and I make a bunch of cutting boards and, and sell those or give them away as gifts and that sort of thing too. So, That's awesome. um, it's been a fun, it's been a fun thing. That's cool. That's so fun. Well, we personally love your uh, cutting board. It's fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Joel, also, uh, tell us a little bit about your family. You have four kids. Is that correct? That is is correct. Which one's your favorite? uh, (laughs) Who's your favorite? Our 
Yeah, our son just turned eight yesterday, so that was fun. Wow. So he's our oldest, and then we have a five, almost six-year-old, and a three, almost four-year-old, and then a one-year-old. Um, wow. So we got a full house. Yeah, um, no kidding. My wife, my wife and I have been married 13 years, same amount of time we've been at the church. Okay. We literally got married and moved out here two weeks later. Whoa, so I didn't um, know that. Yeah, so we, we've been, like our whole married life has been here at Fullerton Free Church um, yeah. together, and our kids have grown up here. So we got a full house there, a fun crew, and um, and we're we love having a big family and a loud house. We apologize to our neighbors all the time for the <laughs> amount of volume that we generate. So, well, with you having a family and uh, also being on staff, what does a Sunday look like for you now that uh, you know we're all in line and things just look a little bit different? How has uh, church been for you? Yeah. Well, we wake up our kids at 5.30 for morning prayers. Uh, every morning. Yeah, it's been every morning, but particularly on Sundays. Uh, yeah, it, honest, honestly, it's been it's been challenging because um, our kids just aren't used to that. Um, right. Adults obviously can kind of uh, navigate that a little better than kids. Mm. So we've tried to watch the live stream of services with our kids, and um, they hang in there for about 15 minutes, and then at that point, it becomes uh, challenging for them sure. to stay focused. So um, yeah. um, so oftentimes, Amy and I kind of put on a show for them and then go watch the service, and then afterwards, we kind of use some of the church materials and some different things off of um, Right Now Media, and, um, right. and then we just have a discussion with the kids over lunch or over dinner. Um, so, but it's not easy. I mean, I wish it was this, I wish I could tell you all, we all sat and just watched it and, uh, it was, um, really easy, but, mm. but particularly in our stage of life, the age of, age of our kids, we kind of got to do it on our own and then circle back with them. And, totally. and, um, so yeah, I, I wow. can't imagine yeah. a one to eight year old trying to f- focus them all in different ways. <laughs> That's yeah. probably, it's a job. Yeah. It's a job, but so they miss church. They miss friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to them, video is not quite the same, even though they obviously love screens like every kid. But yeah. um, right. but it just feels different, you know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, we're all looking forward to being able to go back to church, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Isn't it funny, the, the world we live in where, you know, people are so attached to their screens, but the minute you're forced to only be on screens, people realize the value of it's human so connection. True. Yeah, I mean, so, if there has to be any silver lining to this, I feel like that's one of them. It's that yeah. we kind of are realizing what we were missing beforehand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, hey, we we also want to talk a little bit about uh, this past Sunday. We were in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10, and, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Obviously, it sounds like... Uh, when you get the chance, you have the pockets to, to watch the sermon and maybe read it through yourself and wanted to know if there's anything that really stuck out to you um, in this unique season. Was there a certain verse or message or, or, or notion from the passage that you really needed to hear that's been encouraging or convicting? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Obviously, Ephesians is like such a rich theological mm-hmm. book. It's it's mm-hmm. just so dense in a really good way. I mean, it's just it's. There's so many nuggets in each and every passage and really every verse. I mean, it's just so dense. Um, For me, one of the things that kind of stuck out, for whatever reason, I'm still kind of processing why God's highlighted it in my mind, is um, uh, just this sense that um, of humility in embracing the gospel. And what I mean by that is 
when I'm, you know, because we're online so much and we're tracking a world that's so divided and a world where people really get ahead by achievement. So, you know, you, you, you kind of, um, lord your achievements over people on social media you kind of highlight all the good things going on you at work you know you you kind of do what you need to do to push up the ladder and that sort of thing where it really in a world that says that like that's the the way to get ahead and you just got to kind of work hard and and um and you read ephesians and when you're an achievement-minded person you come to chapter two and paul basically goes there's no amount of achievement guys that's going to earn you mm. forgiveness of your sins and salvation. It's completely and entirely your faith and trust in Christ. Huh. And so that like just has felt so humbling to me to go, even the most accomplished person on the earth, um, that, that doesn't earn them eternal life. They can't, mm. um, they can't inherit that by whatever skill set they've acquired or inherit inherited and so to me i look at it and i go man the gospel demands that we enter it humbly that we recognize yeah. our inability to do anything with it there's a little bit of that sense just in this covid thing i mean it's been humbling right like you yeah. no matter how talented you are you're still forced at home you can't really unless you're a scientist in a lab working on it there's not much you can do other right. than isolate yeah and so it's very humbling like you, you might be the you know, the best person at a certain skill and it may be completely useless in terms of how it matters in solving COVID. Um, and so there's this sense of humility as we embrace the gospel to just go, Hey, I, I did nothing to inherit this thing, which means my posture as a follower of Christ is not one of arrogance or pride about salvation, but it's, uh, it's about humility and, grace and that sense of like man there's there shouldn't be a bone in my body that's proud of the fact that christ has saved me in the sense that i want to lord it over someone yeah um rather than just saying man this is for each and every person Mm -hmm. they need to hear this good news that that um it's really freeing truthfully to say hey you don't have to do anything you don't have to be a certain skill set or you don't have to have a certain amount of um you know, skill to, to follow Christ, you have to have faith and you have to s- surrender yeah. and give up and kind of posture yourself in a way that says, I'm unable to solve my death issue. Like, as a dead person, I can do nothing to bring myself back to life. Mm-hmm. I need somebody outside of myself. And so anyway, that's kind of what stuck that's with cool. me as I was reading it, just going, you know, how I talk to my neighbor, how I talk to um, the person at the store, like how I talk to somebody who frustrates me, whose position frustrates me. So, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a protester or someone on a news channel, I just go, you know what? It's easy to be arrogant and prideful about faith. And it it, it just calls me back to humility mm-hmm. and going, these people need Jesus in the same way that I need Jesus. Right. And, um, and so I, I've been convicted of that this last week as I've been thinking about it and stewing on it and mm-hmm. letting it wrestle in my mind. So, yeah, it really takes like a rewiring mm-hmm. to to think that way because it's so easy to think based on achievements, but like you're saying, like that's not what the gospel is about. It's it's the yeah. humble solidarity. Um that's so cool. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so weird that grace can be uncomfortable for us. Like it's this beautiful thing we talk about all the time in the Christian church and yet like the moment we're really like hit with it, we're like, No, no, because this is unearned, I need to earn it, you know, and we yeah. try to fight for that uh-huh. and 
I think I think you're 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 right in the sense that it's it's draws similar parallels to this this odd isolation COVID season that we're in that there's nothing that we can do to control it. Like, obviously there's, there's smart things, but, but honestly, like we're not the ones in charge of what happens next or tomorrow or next week. And, um, and only God knows like what happens in the next few months. And so I think because of that, there's, there's, um, both refreshment in, in the fact that we're not sovereign, but there's also like, we're hit with the reality of there's nothing we can do about it. And that's the same thing with the gospel. Like we can't do enough or clean ourselves up enough. So I, I, I love that perspective, Joel. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with us. Um, yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your day, especially uh, yes. part two. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun to join you guys on the podcast. For sure. Well, have a great day, and we'll hopefully see you soon. All right. See you guys. See you. All right. Bye. Oh, once again, you guys, Blake kind of hung up a little too you early. You think so? I was bit. about to praise myself. Oh, I will not swing and a miss. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Yeah. Uh, it was fun talking with a couple of our friends on staff. And uh, if you are someone who is in need or you know someone who is in need, our church would love to help yes. as much as we can. So visit fullertonfree.com. There's a big banner in front that says we want to help or something. I wrote it. <laughs> I, I made that banner. I don't even know what it says. Yeah. We are here to help. I think we that's We love what it our says. neighbors. Something. Yes. Click, click something like that. And uh, we will do whatever we can to help you in this season even if you don't go to our church we would love to help yeah absolutely and then as always make sure to tune in on sundays at nine nineteen. it's really fun to kind of watch it all live together if you're able um but if not uh we just uh love you guys and we hope you guys are having a good day enjoying this really nice weather yeah so. that's great all right okay bye-bye everyone soon. love bye. you stay sweet <laughs>